Alright, Black and Yellow, episode two. Cronus is back with... Bunny Man. We were talking about a lot of shit before the podcast, <laughs> and we gotta like, we gotta get it on the podcast. Yeah, Alright, so you were just talking about... Black and black and Asian relations. Alright, yeah. And, and so break, break that down again, how, how, how you feel about it. Uh, basically, I feel like, and this is one of the reasons why I proposed the podcast, is that um, I feel like Asian and black community members do not mix very much. I don't see them... <clears throat> Uh, congregating together in public. I don't see uh, black and Asian families having dinner together in restaurants. Uh, you know, I don't. I just don't see it. And so, I mean, in the Bay Area, it's a little different though, because I do. I have seen it, but in the general populace in my travels, and and even in the Bay Area, I just don't see it as prevalent as like you know seeing black people and white people having dinner together, yeah. or you know, Latino and black or Asian and white something like that well yeah it's weird for me because like I, I, people know i said it on the podcast before well one of my best friends growing up he was taiwanese so oh, we yeah. would have dinner all the time and shit like yeah. that and hang out all the time but yeah i mean in general i, I think you're right because yeah. but i think part of it is is that like when you look especially in like uh, more impoverished areas uh-huh. is that when you have uh black people and, and asians together usually the asian family owns a business mm. and the b- black family is usually poor mm-hmm. and you know kind of just struggling to get by mm-hmm. for i'm just generally speaking i'm not saying all the yeah, time we're just generalizing <laughs> yeah so um i think that might be part of the problem but it's also just i think culturally mm-hmm. we're just we're, we're different but we're not very different yeah because we i think we've been African-Americans have been integrated into America way longer than Asians have, yes. right? And so we're kind of just like American at this point. But Asian-Americans are American too. I'm not saying that you guys aren't, but it's just that we're kind of more of like the status quo in America now. And it's like, yeah. I think for a lot of people, they they think of some Asians kind of as foreigners. And it's just like, but... but We are foreigners. Uh, we separate ourselves a lot. Yeah, but yeah. We, we kind of do the same deal, but we kind of get away with it. You know what I mean? Which is kind of weird. Well, I feel like black people are, yeah, they're in their own community, but they're also still very American. Yes. You cannot yes. say they're not American. You yeah. Know? And yeah. Asians are still, like, when you say Asian-American, you it, even I feel a little like an outsider, you know, like... Uh, uh, and also, maybe it is because, you know, is as cultural identities you could you could make the argument that asians are introverts and black people are extroverts in a lot of ways because yeah yeah. you know black people uh in my experience are just much more easy to talk to in public like strangers complete strangers you could be just standing next to them in line or at the bus or whatever and there's no fear of starting a conversation it's very warm and open uh you know versus asian people like I would never talk to them in line unless there was like a specific thing. Right. <laughs> I, I Not really. I mean, I guess in my generation, it's a little different because, you know, I'm younger, so it's more open. But, you know, historically, I feel like Asians are very, very like just closed off and they don't want they don't want to know other people's business and they don't want people to know theirs. And, and I think that's what makes it hard for them to connect with other groups, you know? Yeah, I think that's I think that's true. Because like I think I think a lot of Asian people are, are more focused on certain things like careers and stuff like that yeah. way more than yeah. it's money status yeah family That's which is important it. but it's not everything it's not everything yeah. and it's definitely causes a lot of um ignorance and racism to be honest you know i think uh i was a little lucky though because when i was a kid well first of all i grew up in oakland so you know that <laughs> that's number one but also even as a kid i uh you know, there's growing up in a Korean community, you know, you see a lot of families, a lot of, uh, is this still recording? Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, families being racist and stuff like that. But I remember when I was in elementary school, my, my dad, uh, uh, one day he, 
something happened. I forgot what it was. It was something on the street, and it, it involved a black man and some altercation or whatever. And then my dad looked at me and he said, "You know, someday this country is going to be completely mixed. So don't ever like judge somebody for their skin color or whatever, you know." And yeah. so I think that he put it in my head that like, you know. Just look at everybody as uh, equals, you know, no matter what other people in your own community are saying about them. or that's you good. Know. Yeah. And so I think that's what kind of started that whole, uh, for me, in terms of how I perceive uh, being open in terms of getting to know anybody since I was a child. You know? Yeah, it's really good. Because I think a lot of people, especially in America, they, they, um, they'll see, they'll be in a community that has mainly their own you know ethnicity yeah and they'll see like another ethnicity maybe it's just that one person right might be an asshole and think, right. oh, they're all assholes <laughs> right, it's right. just like you know you gotta yeah it's every person's different there's an asshole in every single type of group that you, you that you can look at right and i think a lot of people just kind of miss that yeah um that's kind of funny because i want to bring up the the luke cage thing i'm not going to yeah. talk too much about luke cage sure but I will bring up the fact that some people are complaining that I was too black. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that for if you're living in Montana yeah. or some shit, then yeah, I think it would seem too black yeah. because they're not used to seeing... They're used to seeing They're not used to seeing real black issues being discussed on, yes. in a major... You know, I thought about that. I haven't watched it yet, but I, I, I was reading comments and I realized that people saying that show is too black is an example of uh, white ownership. Yeah. That they feel like they own everything and that they whatever even if it's a black products or featuring black people it still needs to cater to their desires and their tastes yeah and and i and that's fucked up <laughs> well especially because it's it's an american story like nothing right. out of the they did everything so tastefully in that show it, yeah. was, it was great yeah. um but i think that people just they, they were like kind of awestruck that there was different kinds of black people out there other than you know drug dealers and gangbangers and shit like that being portrayed um, because you have black people in the show that from every single facet of society, you have the hero, you have the villain, you have cops, mm. you have, you know, scummy ass dudes, you mm. have people that are rich and they're all black. Mm. Um, there's other people in the show that aren't black, but you know, the main characters are black because it's in fucking it's Harlem. Also Har- yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would be a lie if it wasn't like 99% black people. Yeah. It'd be like, <laughs> if, if it was like North Dakota, then I'd be like, okay, right. yeah, there's probably not a lot, of, a lot of black people there, but this is Harlem. So... That's funny. I uh, he was my favorite uh, part of Jessica Jones, so yeah. I was always I'm definitely juiced to watch that. I, I just haven't watched it because I just literally came back from Morocco like uh, two days ago. And from I, Morocco, Morocco. Holy I shit! In, I was in Morocco for like ten days on a commercial shoot. So nice. Yeah, 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 it was good. It was good. And uh, I, uh, but I I was gonna watch it while I was there, but I'm a binge watcher, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start this week. Yeah, this yeah. weekend. Good, yeah, it's it's a, it's 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 a good show. I mean, yeah. I like it. It was everything about it was was great. The, one of the great things about it is that they did. The, this isn't giving anything away because they yeah. showed it in the previews. Is that the, the hoodie thing? Yeah, the Trayvon Martin. Yeah, uh, but they didn't come out and say you know tra- they didn't even talk. They revealed about it kind of after in the articles or interviews, right? Yeah, 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 but just like in the show, they weren't just like this is what it's for. Right, right, right. Like everybody got it. You know. What I yeah, mean? you can get even for me just looking at the photo. I'm like, okay, that's definitely a, a homage or a, yeah. A, honoring the the i think that's great man i mean it kind of goes back to what we talked to before about people being impatient but man when i look around in the media i feel like there's things happening that really are showing like the signs of future progress and stuff like that you know there's signs of future progress and there's also signs of like 
things going backwards. Like with this new this this presidential election is just like so fucking awful. <laughs> I'm just like I, I, that is true. Yeah, like the only <laughs> person I can vote for is Gary Johnson, like literally. But at the same time. <laughs> like that guy's not gonna become president. He's you know not what gonna I mean? become president. So, but also, I saw yeah on the, my Facebook post, I saw your uh, comments, uh, conversation, and you know the 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 hard part though is living in California. Even if you didn't vote, it wouldn't really make that much of a difference. No, well, you're, it's it, going blue no matter what. So. Well, even even <laughs> the popular vote doesn't matter anyway. It's, it's yeah. really the electoral vote. It, it's true. Yeah. So as we learned. Yeah, yeah. Learned that with uh, what was Gore? it, Bush and Gore. Yeah, yeah. But it's that's the way it's always been. But people will still be like, "Yeah, go out and vote." It means, but it doesn't. All right, you just yeah. sorry, guys. <laughs> you yeah, vote. I, I think um, I think if you want to vote, it's definitely important, and people should in a lot of ways. But I, I actually am starting to think that voting more on local issues is more important. Yes, because I don't, I don't do that. But I was yeah. talking with my friend, and she uh, she literally like <clears throat> created a proposal that ended up saving like a local park nice yeah and she just like did it from scratch you know well, give like, her a shout out what's her name kati awesome yeah, yeah but it, it was a while ago but it just kind of blew my mind i was like oh she just had something she saw that was wrong she wanted to fix it she did the work like it wasn't even that hard it sounded like just getting enough people to sign a petition and yeah. then she saved something that was important to her and i was like Wow, that's like more impact in a real world situation than voting for some president that our vote's not going to make that much of a difference. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a real real hero status right there. Yeah, for real. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, so uh, before, also before you started the podcast, you are yeah. talking about if you were black. If I was black. Um, <laughs> that's so funny. This is probably, maybe maybe it's politically incorrect to say, but I don't, I don't, I don't really fuck. think so. I think, uh, you know... I realized a long time ago that if if I were a black man with the same temperament and kind of basic archetype personality that I have right now, I would definitely be one of the angry black men. Yeah. Maybe not at this point in my life because I've like matured and become more like uh, peaceful in a lot of ways. But yeah. uh, I used to be very angry as a kid, and and also at being a Korean and having the whole history of uh, Japanese colonialism and all that stuff. Like I was really furious at them like really really furious and i realized like man if i'm if i'm that angry at some people that did something like well i guess it wasn't that long ago but you know i'm not even living in korea and i'm yeah. like furious about it like if i actually still lived in the society where they're oppressing me and all that stuff i would be definitely and also you know growing up i realized i was much more a malcolm x guy than a martin luther king guy yeah just because i I found him more attractive to my ideals. And then now I feel, well, I think they both have their own, uh, positives and I get, but I do think that having the strength to make change without violence is, takes more willpower and more patience and, and in a way signifies to me a more ideal way to, to live, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause, Cause when you hate it, it hurts you as well. You know? Yes, and it can definitely hurt your entire community. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I was younger, I used to be uh, angry, yeah. like all the time. Yeah. And shit. And I was yeah, just yeah. like, yeah. I remember like, there was a point where I was in junior high and yeah. I was like in a gang and shit. And I was just like, what right. the fuck am I doing? Right. And I was just like, I'm not gonna go anywhere. This is fucking dumb. So yeah, I, yeah. I like got rid of almost all my friends. Right. And then I just got a whole bunch of new friends. And right. It was like a super, uh, I guess, diverse group. Yeah. And then from there, I was just like, all right, I got to figure out something else to do. And that's when I joined the Marine Corps. And you can't really be that racist in the Marine Corps because you got to deal with everybody. Yes. Or even, and if you're mad, and there's people who are like basically your 
owning you because yeah. you have to do what they say. Well, the funny part is, is that you join the Marine Corps and there's people that literally have never seen a black person that go to boot camp. Oh, really? Yeah. So for like some of the friends I have in the Marine oh, Corps, like I was, right, a, huh? I was their first black just, friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that must have changed their world. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, are you fucking serious? Yeah. You know, I'm from the Bay. I'm like, we got everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, where I came from was all white people. I was just like, holy shit, that must fucking suck. But yeah, I'm not saying it sucks to like live. It sucks to just like have no diversity. You right. know what I mean? Hear the same shit all the time. They probably have shitty fucking Chinese food and shitty goddamn Mexican food. You know what I mean? It's like, that'd be awful. <laughs> so when you were angry, though, let me ask, like, what were you mostly raging against and how did you express that uh just the way that like i, I was treated from my teachers and stuff you know like mm. so I, I failed first grade but from the best of my knowledge i didn't fail it like for some reason i, I had passing grades but they held me back anyway mm. and that really fucking pissed me didn't off like you. <laughs> yeah i was just like what the fuck so ever since yeah. then i didn't give a shit about school so right. i didn't care about grades or anything right, and right, just right. like like the expectations for my teachers were just basically that I was a loser right. and that I wasn't going to do anything with my life. Right. Oh. Yeah. So I was that. just like, all right, well, whatever. I don't. I didn't give a fuck. So. Yeah. You know, I was just angry and I was kind of a bully when I was in elementary school. Yeah. yeah. And I was just, you know, just being pissed off all the time. It's getting into fights and shit. Yeah. And yeah. I was just like, it's not worth it, you know. So. <laughs> That's funny. We have a similar history because I was definitely, I, I I've been bullied and I was a bully. I was in junior high. I was in a gang for a short time. Uh, I was angry. I. I I thought of joining the the military, like we talked about before. I just didn't. But um, uh, so, what made you not as angry? New friends, man. Yeah. I mean, that that really made a difference. Yeah. I, I got new friends that were just cooler, calmer people. Yeah, you know, just kind of going introspective, not, not feeding the anger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> exercising helped a lot too. Other than uh-huh. you know, just trying to keep everything internalized. So, right. Right. you know, I think. <clears throat> For boys, especially, when you get that testosterone kick, you're just like, oh, right. you know, you just got to do something. <laughs> right. And I wasn't fucking nobody, so, right, right. you know, <laughs> it was just, I had to figure out another way to, to get shit done, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting point, point in time, but I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of kids, especially boys, they don't get enough, like, a, the attention that they should be getting, because they don't know how to, they don't That's understand true. how to really deal with their testosterone and, like, just, because you get fucking rage when you're a kid, you know? Very much, especially if there's any history of pain or injustice um in life uh whether it's from the family or from society it's and also even from i feel like even from being an adolescent boys are taught to quote act like a man which basically means shut the fuck up and don't you don't you're not allowed to talk about your emotions or there's really no guidance on how to to deal with these complex like emotions that are going on and so you just basically end up expressing it like whoever your closest friends are. <laughs> yeah, I think that that phrase "act like a man" is such bullshit because if, bullshit. if you're not taught how to be a man, right. then what there's no way you can act like a man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's a very sexist way to to raise um, boys. So I think uh, I was actually thinking about that on the way here because I was listening to a podcast and this guy was talking. He talks about what you know, what does it mean to be a man or manly. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, man, I think that the normal normal social definition involves being physical or tough or, you know, whatever alpha. And I realized for me, being a, a man, a real man is just being secure with who you are. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you've never punched anybody in your life or never want to. It's just know who you are and not um, be shaken from that, you know. I, yeah, what do yeah, you think? yeah. I totally agree. I think a lot of people they don't understand what what it is to really be a man. It's it's more it's it's important to like. I think 
teaching people mm-hmm. is part of it is helps you become a better man yeah. and really understanding people i think For a lot sure. it's not just this macho shit it's not it's not being an alpha male it's really being able to to break down your emotions to people whether how you do that is up to you but um i think being a man is really being able to control your emotions and really understanding um what it is to be yourself you know what i mean and when at a young age you just you just don't fucking know and I think a lot of people, they go astray. Even in your 20s, a lot of people don't know how to properly, um, I guess, communicate with, with other people. And it's right. just like, what the f- They're so immature at that age. And it's just like, why are you still basically a baby at the age of 20-something? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's like, right. like if somebody pisses you off and you don't know how to like communicate with them to break it down like on a, on a, on a level where you can communicate, yeah. I think that's a problem. But a lot of people, they, they want to get away with just, oh, fuck that dude. I'm just going to punch him in the face or some shit. But it's like... You don't know how to talk. That's that's the reason why. It's because you, mentally you're weak, right? And that's the reason why you go to the physical part first. You know that is I mean? true. It's an expression of you. You know, I find most most adolescent anger and expressions of anger is just really uh, like you were saying is a result of your insecurity or your own weakness. And and um, this is kind of a side thing. But when I was in Morocco, I for a couple of days I was staying in the mountains. And uh, the hotel or whatever the resort we're at is like literally in the base of a mountain. Like you step outside nice. and everywhere you look is like these huge, beautiful mountains with trees and stuff. And I was just soaking it in and I realized like how long these mountains have been there for, how powerful they are, how majestic they are. And it made me think like whatever environment you're in, you become part of you become your characteristics become of that environment right yeah. so if you live in new york city you become like that kind of fast proud kind of like you know like hustler kind of like uh you if you could survive here you could survive anywhere kind of mentality yeah you know barrier has that more chill blah blah but i realized like you live in the mountains and it's like what does your personality become and i thought i had this thought like what does it take for a man to be like a mountain where when people see you they could tell right away just by looking at you that you are so strong on the inside that nothing will move you. Nothing will change your morals or your ethics. Yeah. And weak people around you will have to go around you like the rivers yeah. or the streams because you are the mountain, you know. And that yeah. kind of philosophically set me on this whole new kind of like journey in terms of thinking about myself as a man and what it means to be like... Cause my first definition growing up into being man is like, can I provide? Can I be self-sufficient? Can yeah. I be independent? Right. Which is, I think, the first test of whether you consider yourself a man or not. Yeah. But now I'm like, the next level is like, can I be a man whose character cannot be shaken? That I'm so powerful on the inside with my beliefs and I have no regrets or questions about who I am that when even people just look at me, they'll know that. You know, yeah, I think that's the reason why I think martial arts mm. are super important, especially mm-hmm. for for it's important for everybody. Yeah, but I think for men because I think part of the reason why when you're younger, people have problems is because basically they're scared of getting their ass kicked. Right, and I, that's for why people sure. they put off that facade of I'm a badass, but they're really not. Right. Like, if you don't, I've seen so many people get in a fight; they don't want to fucking fight. It's like what the, what are you right, doing? Right, it's very embarrassing. Yeah, but once you understand like really how to defend yourself, you don't have to fight. Yeah, you don't have to fight at all. Like people, you can see somebody that knows how to handle themselves. Right. You know what I mean? Just like right away, like the mountain thing right. you're talking yeah. about. Like you, they don't have to worry about it as much. You, at least if you can minimize the amount of the fear of getting your ass kicked. Right. I think like at least part of your problems of being a man mm-hmm. are done. 
I agree, because there is definitely an insecurity in not having the knowledge of where you stand in the world of men. I, I, I do remember, like, when I was taking... I took mar- different martial arts and Aikido and, uh, you know, Taekwondo and all that stuff, but I took kickboxing, yeah. and um, <clears throat> I became really aggressive. You know, I it was like Fight Club. Like, I'd be walking down the street, yeah. and I'd be watching people, and I'd be like, oh, like... But then the more that I did it and the more that I became secure about or experienced, I realized like it changed like how I looked at people. I would still look at them and I would know like right away, like, all right, this guy could kick my ass. Yeah. This guy can't. But neither of them do I have a desire to test it because I know who I am. You know what I mean? And yeah. so I don't have to test myself by getting into a stupid fight for no reason you know especially when you understand the dire consequences that you can get in. that's the other thing yeah. <laughs> that's the other thing as i realized after being uh you know training is that i don't ever start shit with people because i know that you can start it with the wrong person yeah and be completely fucked and and i have that respect you know i have that uh healthy respect for the unknown um, and on the flip side, though, you know, I do on the other. Sometimes I still have to fight the urge of when some jackass is, you know, pissing me off. I do have the urge to teach them the lesson, yeah. so that they never make that mistake again. But I realize like that's not that's not a good way to go either. Yeah, so. you're still in the same position. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, but yeah, I don't know. I I do believe that all men should get punched and punch somebody at some point in their life. Not like in a street way, but in a constructive kind of way but i feel like a lot of men there's a, a fear that there's the uncertainty and and uh and maybe that's just my way of thinking i, I know you don't have to punch anybody but, but it's kind of like if you don't get tested in different ways in your life you never really know who you are you know yeah yeah that's it, just how i feel it's the uh maybe not punch you could wrestle i mean yeah. just some sort of contest that makes you realize like wow like i'm just a mortal you know yeah the, the, <laughs> the challenges that you have to face and overcome is that's why i picked uh jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. for from martial art because mm-hmm. you, you're gonna lose no matter what right like somebody's too many people you. are better than you. Yeah, yeah yeah and just understanding how to deal with failure mm-hmm. i think is very important because when you're right. new you're gonna get fucked up no mm-hmm. matter what. I'm not talking about you're not gonna get like broken. You might get mentally broken, but mm-hmm. as long as you tap, you're not gonna get physically broken, right? Yeah, but, but it's the feeling that somebody owned you. Yes, yes, <laughs> that feeling that somebody's on top of you right. or doing whatever, and mm-hmm. you cannot stop them. Right. And understanding that you're just like fuck. Yeah. Like I've seen so many people that have come to jujitsu class that that were new, and they never came back because they just couldn't handle that. They couldn't handle it, and it's just like, dude, like you know that somebody could do this to you, and you're right. just gonna leave it at that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't, I couldn't do that, man. Like the first time somebody fucked me up, I was just like, I, I got to know what he knows. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I got to get better. I got to know how to defend myself from shit like this. So. That, you know what? And maybe it's not even just fighting. Maybe it's just competition. Because actually, now that you mention it, it reminds me of how I got into basketball. Mm-hmm. Because I, uh, I never was into sport. I played sports when I was elementary. After that, I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Um. And then I remember when I was like 24 or something like that, my friends asked me if I want to play a pickup game. I was like, all right, I'll go with them. I was literally the worst person on the court. I was I couldn't dribble. I couldn't pass. I couldn't shoot. I literally couldn't do anything to the point where my team just totally ignored me. I was just standing <laughs> on the court. You're like the last pick guy. Like even worse than that. Like they were like wish that I would get off the fucking court. And I remember the one time I tried to shoot. I ran under the bucket, I tossed the ball up, it hit the bottom of the rim, oh, and then man. almost hit me back on the head. <laughs> I was like, it was like a, and, and it was so embarrassing. I looked up and all my friends were like, oh, fuck. And I got so pissed that the next day, I, I literally, the next day, I went to 
sports authority. I bought a basketball. I bought shoes. I bought shorts. And I didn't. Even, it's not because I like basketball. I just refused to be that guy on the court yeah. ever again. And then so every day for like months, I just practiced. And I didn't even love it. I was just practicing. And that's how I learned. And I grew to love it. But that's how I learned that I'm competitive. Yeah. That when I lose, I will come back. You know what I mean? And I learned all these really like le- important lessons that I I wish I had learned when I was a kid. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of people they don't understand that if you lose, it doesn't make you a loser. No, you know what I mean. Not it's at like all. how you deal with the loss is what makes you a loser. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, because there's even poor winners. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's people who win and they're just so douchey that you 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 know that they're not happy still. You know. Yeah. Um, like I, I was just telling you before we started the podcast that I did a Spartan Beast. Yeah. Uh, over the weekend and I got hypothermia and I couldn't I couldn't oh, complete right. it. So <laughs> I, I, had, I had to peak. You know, two mountains and at the top of the second one, hypothermia set in. I was shaking like I had Parkinson's disease uh-huh. and I had to stop. So I came down. I'm like, motherfucker, this shit. The first time I ever, I ever didn't complete one of these. So I How came many down. Have you done? I've done a few mud races. This okay. is like the longest one I've done, though. Okay. Because it was like 15 miles long. Okay. You know? Yeah. And as soon as I got home, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to fucking sign up for the next one. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to find one that's cold. Right. And or wet. Right. I'm going to fucking finish it. Right. So I signed up for the one that's in uh, Washington. That's yeah. at like the end of the month. So yeah. I'm going to beat it. So Because nice. I, I, being defeated is okay, I guess. But I don't want to stay defeated for too long. You know what you I mean? You only stay defeated when you stop. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm definitely thing, not going to stop. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, uh, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> I wish I could do that with you, man. But give me a, give me a six months or something. Well, yeah, we'll work you up to it, man. We we'll do yeah. we we'll do a couple of sprints. The ones that are like three and a half miles, those aren't so bad. Plus, I just quit smoking cigarettes. I just started oh, changing my lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, months and months ago, like six months ago. But I, uh, I'm still uh, my stamina is like ridiculously low. So I'm. Uh, <laughs> I gotta get there first. It takes time for me when I, cause I used to weigh like 250 pounds. Really? And, oh yeah, I used to be fast. Oh fucking. shit. Yeah, so I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was in the Marine Corps, and after I got out, um, I didn't have to work out anymore, and so I just I kept my same diet and same drinking habits, which it, almost it, every single military person happens to. Right. I got fat as fucking my my uh, wife at the time. It's my ex wife now. Yeah. Um, she was fucking lazy as shit, and I just got so lazy you were too. Lazy too. Yeah. Yeah, and so she blew up, and I blew up, and I was just like, one day I looked in the mirror, I was I was going to Iraq, and I was yeah. just like. This has got to stop. Oh, you were going to Iraq while you were overweight? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I was, I was going as a contractor. Not, oh, I, wasn't I see. The military right. Okay, that's right. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I was like, this has got to fucking stop. And at the same time... Is that I'm, dangerous for you? Uh, no, I mean, because I was going... Oh, as it like wasn't a, like... I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was a computer guy, right? Yeah, so yeah, I worked yeah. for Dell, okay. Dell at the time. Got it. And so I remember looking in the mirror. I was just like, how the fuck did I get so fat? And like, I'm not going to be around for my daughter if I stay this right. weight. Yeah, that's you know? also true. And then at the same time, I was having problems with my marriage. And I was like, you know what? Why not just make a better me? Yeah. So I yeah. just one day I woke up and I was like, all right, for the next fucking three months, you're going to the gym twice a day, every fucking day. Yeah. I don't care like what you're doing. You're going. You just started cold turkey like that. Yeah. That's what I did. I started going twice a day, every day. Yeah. And what I would do is for my cardio, I'll just hop on a fucking elliptical dude and just go as fast as possible <laughs> as I could for like, I think it was like 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah. And like eventually I, I used I would go so fucking fast. It's like retarded. I'm surprised I didn't break the machine. <laughs> And uh, my, my cardio came back. I ended up starting like weightlifting. I got super yoked. Yeah. And then uh, my fucking guts exploded, dude. I had a problem with like, my gallbladder, my bladder, yeah. tree. But still, I lost all the weight. And it was it, it was nice, man. That's funny because I uh, all my life I was like around 150. Mm-hmm. And then when I was like 24, 25, 26, I had a girlfriend where we both loved eating. And uh, the thing is, she would always we'd always go out and eat. And what she would always do is she would order a third plate. And only take a bite. 
and fuck? I would end up eating two meals at once. Oh no! And, and I'm not blaming her though, but you know that was one thing. But also, I was like relying on my metabolism, so I was eating McDonald's, like burritos, like going to sleep right, all that terrible shit. And anyways, so six months later, I woke up. I'm like 195. Wow! And I'm talking about I went from 150 to 195, yeah, and my whole body, everything hurt. And I remember <laughs> I'm looking at myself in the mirror, and I'm like fuck i'm fat (laughs) and my my girlfriend is like no you're not i'm like shut the fuck up like i'm not asking for a compliment i'm just saying i'm fat and i remember i couldn't even wear any of my clothes like i had to wear my work pants where i would just tighten my belt and leave everything oh wow you know what i mean like i couldn't even and so i went to uh macy's to buy new pants and i remember i with i put on the 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 new pants that were two sizes up or whatever and i looked at myself and i thought if I buy these pants, I'm never going back. And I said, fuck it. So I just changed my diet, started exercising, yeah. and refused to stay fat. And then eventually, you know, I lost weight again and went back to pretty much normal. But, um, but yeah, that's that's such a side tangent for us to talk well, but about. It's, but it's just so easy. It's about easy. willpower. Yeah. yeah. It's so easy to just, like, blow up. And you don't, like, mm-hmm. you don't realize it. When you're doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, no, no. But after, no. like, you look in the mirror one day and you're just yeah. like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. You know? It's, <laughs> it's so crazy how, as human beings, it happens to a lot of us. And I, I see people now that, I'm not going to, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try my best not to fat shame people, all right? Sure. But it comes down to this. Like, pe- <laughs> I hear people that will tell me that are way overweight. They're like, oh, my doctor tells me I'm healthy. I'm like, okay, let's go up a hill real quick. Right. See how fucking healthy you feel. You know what I mean? It's like they, they don't realize how out of shape they are because a fucking lion isn't chasing them. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, if, if this was just in nature, yeah, you would or, be you, you would die. You you yeah. would be the buffalo in the back getting eaten. You know what <laughs> I mean? Or like uh, in the Walking Dead situation, they wouldn't survive for longer than a week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you're just relying on society's built-in mechanisms to help you survive. Right. But without those mechanisms, you right. would fucking die. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that. I don't know where the fuck... That's definitely some, like, pop culture bullshit, like, of being fat healthy i think there's a difference between saying you can be fat and confident yes you could be fat and and still be secure as a human but when we're talking about just straight up health let it let's not say that you can be obese and consider yourself healthy in any yeah. way you I can mean, be happy if, if you if, can be happy if, if yeah you're happy then that's that's fine but yeah. like, don't bullshit me and tell me that your knees don't hurt when you go upstairs and shit like that you know what i mean <laughs> Because mine did. Everything fucking hurt. <laughs> right. You know how I knew that I, I was, like, definitely fat is that I'm a side sleeper. And when I hit, like, I think 180 or something like that, I remember I couldn't sleep on my side anymore because I could literally feel my belly separate oh, and no. fall down. Like, yeah. gravity would pull it away from me and it hurt. And I yeah. was like, what the fuck is going on? And then, you know, you you breathe, like, <sighs> yeah. like you're just, like, sitting down, and you're going, <sighs> yeah. stuff like that is ridiculous. It's embarrassing. For me, it was embarrassing. Yeah. And I was, just, especially coming from, like, being, like, an athlete and mm. then a Marine. Yeah. I was just like, dude. And people would, like, look at me, they're like, oh, you don't look that... F-. I'm like, dude, I'm 250. Like, I, I got the... I have a mesomorph- mesomorphic body type, uh-huh. so I'm lucky. When I gain weight, it just goes... It, it distributes evenly, right? Uh-huh. But for me, it's, like, still... Like I'm fat, right? You know, yeah, so yeah, there, you there's know. just no getting around it. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I want that V that points to my dick, and I'm very close to getting it back. So, Are you? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I want to get there too, but I still got so much belly fat. I gotta um, change my diet first. Dude, you ever heard of the, the ketogenic diet? Yeah, you know what? I I heard about it through Tim Ferriss's podcast, yeah, yeah. and uh, I I I think you should send me some stuff because I'm curious as to how it works. Yeah, I've I've been on it for the past 
uh, three four months. Mm-hmm. So I dropped twenty eight pounds pretty pretty easily. Wow. So it's just a it's a high fat low carb diet. Um, it's just it's not just a low carb diet, but yeah, the, the high fat thing. A lot of people they're just like how the, how do you lose weight with fat? It's it you do because. Well, there's certain types of fat, right? Yeah, we're well, not talking like processed food fat. No, like yeah. I don't. I'm talking about natural fat. Yeah, natural. Like eat yeah. a lot of avocados, right. MCT oil, like Got animal it. fat, shit yeah, like yeah. that. So, um, it's it's actually it's a little difficult in the beginning because you can get what's called the keto flu because you're you're going from a, a glucogenic state to a ketogenic state, mm. which fucks with people. But once you get on the ketogenic state, man, you feel so much better. Cognitive functions better. Really? Um, when I work out. Um, I feel like my gas tank is way deeper now mm. um, because I, I, because no matter what, I have a, I have a stores of fat in my body, yeah. and my body will use that instead yeah. of glucose. And yeah. th- so that's where it comes in really handy. Cool. Yeah, yeah I'll definitely check it yeah, out. Yeah, I'll, I'll see some shit on it. I, I'm, I, I'm in a state right now. I'm in a transition where I'm, I feel like I'm uh, – every three, four years, I feel like I, I – try to bust through my plateau you know yeah yeah and i think at, at this point i'm i'm in the stage where i'm trying to transform into uh the next level of man that i want to be you know um which is actually uh what i call the omega man which is uh i don't know if we talked about this last time but no it's, so. yeah it's uh so people talk about alpha males a lot and i never liked that term because uh it's a little two-dimensional to me and also i feel like it's attributed to like guys could be alpha, but they could be like douchebags. They could be like yes. frat bros or whatever. They could be alpha, and it doesn't mean anything to me. To me, I think there's a level above that where it's like it's like that kung fu master that is so good that he never has to fight. Yeah, it's like being so secure with yourself that you're above being even alpha because you don't have to assert yourself. Yeah. you know what I mean. You don't have to show that you're better than anyone or stronger because you just are you know it's like this next level of security and so that's what i'm trying to go through so which means i have to transform my body and keep my mind you know getting sharper and sharper and also my spirituality you know just being more like at peace with the world and yeah myself you know yeah i think especially now it's like the easiest time to to better yourself and i think if, yes. if you're listening once you hit the age of 30 that's like the perfect time yes to like really change your life i agree you know because that's when it started for me yeah yeah, yeah that's what started for me too i was just yeah. like hit hit 30 and i was like you know what i'm not getting any younger let's yeah. just change some shit up <laughs> yeah. so yeah. yeah, and the, the spiritual aspect I think is important as well. I'm, I'm not. I'm an atheist, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm not. I don't really connect with the spiritual part, but I understand that component, right? Yeah, yeah. And so for me, I definitely do a lot of things to just keep my mind up. Like I, I do mm-hmm. the sensor deprivation float chamber. Mm, you do. You know. I'll um, do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll take you. That'd be cool. Yeah, um, that really helps me just defrag my mind. Mm-hmm. It's a great experience. Um, jiu-jitsu for me really helps out with just my my mental state because. Mm-hmm. I feel like all that aggression that 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 I may have um, gets out with jujitsu, and just that it, it deals with the physical component too. But it's also still deals with the mental component. Yeah, and I think those those are super important. And, and, and if you're um, religious or believe in a higher power, I think getting if, if you need to connect with that, this is the best time to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. I think, um, but when I say spirituality, I think it, it's beyond. It's doesn't have to be religious. I think. Uh, there are, and this is just me being like a hippie or whatever, but there's, uh, I think there are spiritual truths in this world when it comes to what it means to be a good person, what it means to be helpful to society versus harmful, yeah. uh, what it means to have like a balance inside of yourself, you know, and uh, and we could achieve that through like the things you're saying, like physical activity or, you know, floating or meditation, you know, it's like things that are not 
religious, but lead to that kind of piece of your spirit that I'm I'm kind of talking yeah. about. You know. So do you, are you gonna volunteer or anything? Is that I I would I used to volunteer. Volunteering and is help. very important. Yeah. So um, I am actually. That's part of my whole transformation is is trying to be more of a, a positive uh, influence in society. So um, I used to try to like make my own things like i remember you know my friends and i we would go like on christmas day we would round up clothes and go like give it to homeless people and yeah. stuff like that and you know we do random kind of things like that but like i realized like me trying to organize stuff all the time is also just part of my ego like i want to be the guy that's organizing it so <laughs> yeah, i realized yeah. like i don't have time for that shit right now so i'm just gonna look up stuff and like go and do it you know what i mean and be yeah. a part of something you know and do other stuff i guess but um, but I do believe this podcast is part of that. I mean, yes. you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do have a question for you, which is from your perception of, because we were talking about last time about uh, the black uh, sexuality and or hypersexualization of black men and stuff like that. And yeah. So what is your perception of Asian masculinity? What is What do you think is society's uh, perception and judgment? Because obviously there there is a you know something going on there which i think is perpetuated by asians and also created by others as well you know yeah so we talked about fear of the yellow man on the last one right did uh, yes. we talk about that okay yeah. so i can't really i well, already talked about it but that's that's one component of it is the fear of the yellow man thing which is fucking it's fucked up but it's totally true <laughs> um but i think for a, a lot of people they don't see um asians as uh like a masculine like a, yeah masculine at right. all which i think is weird because there's yeah. a lot of masculine asian dudes like if, but but when you when you start asking people about like a masculine asian dude it, it almost always comes back to like bruce lee or some kind of martial arts dude right which is weird it to has me to involve punching and kicking yeah but you don't you don't you don't need that at all <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know what i mean to, to, yeah. to be masculine but to, yeah. to me um being masculine you don't need to it's, it's kind of what you said before you can tell by looking at somebody if they're yeah. like a, a strong like a mountain yeah, yeah. like you said before yeah. And so for me, it doesn't really have to do that much with like how muscular you are or how you outwardly act. It's how you kind of deal with people on a daily basis. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think you you can handle things with um, kind of like a gentle force using words. Yeah. And I think that can be very masculine. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons why people don't see Asians like that is because the Asian community is kind of more introverted, like you right. said before. So you just right. don't see that yeah. in general. And they're so, very passive. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Well, just I think it's just passive towards certain other people. I right. think I'm, I'm certain in, in your own community it's different, right? The way you interact with each other, but it's just towards yeah. other people. It's, yeah, it's different, exactly. You know? That's a good point. Within the community, people talk shit and say whatever they want. Yeah. When they're, you know, interfacing with people outside, they're definitely. But I, I think Asians are. Every every culture has their characteristics, and Asians are actually pa- passive in a lot of ways, quiet in a lot of ways. We're definitely taught to not rock the boat. I think that also goes back to what we're saying about how Asians became so successful and privileged in this country is they yeah. didn't rock the boat. They just kind of like slid in the back door and like quietly started making money, and that that meant not uh, causing friction. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, but it's worked against us now because it has allowed people to create their perception of us and and then also people buy into it, you know, like I don't know how many Asians I knew growing up and still know you know, I know are out there that have these 
you know, issues with like being feeling inadequate, feeling like they're not uh, desirable to uh, other ethnicities, like making a really big deal about it if they're dating like a white chick or something like that. And, yeah. And to me, I grew up never really thinking that way, so I feel like I have a different experience, but but I have seen it, you know, and so um, so I think it's time for Asians to like own who they are. Like, I think also Asians are kind of sensitive and like, I, well, let's say in American culture, the definitions of, of masculine and feminine are very, very, very black and white, you know, yeah. and they're very like, if you're sensitive or if you're showing emotion, I mean, let's face it, Asians do some fruity shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you see that? There's like, definitely, I'm like, if I didn't know that this is just how Asians act, I'm like, this is very gay, you know? Yeah. Not that I mean gay is wrong. I'm just saying, like, it, 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 it doesn't fall into the category of masculine. Yeah. But, um, uh, and I think the better way to go is to just, you know, know who you are and, and accept that. And then, but then also assert yourself and not let other people control the narrative of of what your personality is or, or who you are or if you're manly or not like fuck that you know yeah um i actually know a guy uh, mr x i don't i don't think you've met him mm-hmm. um but he's he's a really good friend of mine we do jujitsu together mm-hmm. and he's uh he's a very masculine asian guy he's like three kinds of asian so yeah but he's like he's he's pretty yoked mm-hmm. and uh but he's still has that Insecurity. he's not passive but he's just like uh He's quiet usually, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. like, if you fuck with him, he'll fuck you up, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> he has the ability to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because you know, he happens to work in a prison, and mm. people will, like he'll get test in fights all, all the time. time. Yeah, test them all. I'm just yeah. like, dude, you stop testing this because he fucks people up. It's yeah. just like <laughs> for some reason people don't think that even even though physically he's he's not that tall, but you can tell by looking he's, at the yeah, guy, yeah. like he's solid mass, right? You know. But yeah, it's one of those things where it's just, in society they just don't see Asians as a threat and, right. unless they're in like a kung fu flick. You know? Yeah, I mean, it kind of it reminds me of like when Jeremy Lin came out in the NBA. People were talking so much shit and disrespecting him so much, and he's such a like a uh, Christian good kid that he he I was so mad in the beginning because I wanted like an Asian white chocolate. Like I wanted the, <laughs> I, I wanted the guy that is so bad on the court that he does not give a fuck like what people say and yeah. just will be an asshole. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I wanted the Asian guy that will like dunk on people and then <laughs> fucking flip them off after you know because i yeah. because i wanted somebody a hero to kind of destroy the stereotype but instead he kind of like fit into the stereotype it's like he went to like this ivy league school he's like a quote overachiever he's like yeah. really passive and and watching him it's like it wasn't until he kind of like reached this point where he's like fuck it where he's just gonna like be selfish you know what i mean in yeah. certain ways like just you know, change his hairstyle, change this and that, and just be a little bit more swaggy that I think he's gotten more respect. And and I think that's... Uh, I'd like to see more people like that. You know, I think... Um, that's why, actually, I finally decided, like, I'm going to start... I, I'm trying to, trying to figure out what my podcast is going to be, um, my own kind of brand for Bunny Man. And I decided... Because the only things I care about is, like, movies and, like, love and relationships, I'm mm-hmm. going to do a relationship podcast. Nice. And, uh, and it's going to be for all people. It's just that, you know, I feel like I'm in a unique position where I'm an Asian American man who has dated like every ethnicity has had lots of different experiences with relationships and love. Are you saying that you're a hoe? 
I was a big hoe. <laughs> I was, I, 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 the funny part is I done I done like long term like I, my longest relationship was like six years, which is like longer than a lot of marriages. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and I was monogamous with like three girls for like ten years, and then after that I was like, whoa, like I'm missing out, and I like just turned into a big hoe for like years and years and years. And and but I learned a lot. You know, I learned a lot about women. I learned a lot about everything, and so I'm gonna present that and kind of like present my journey and uh just happen to be an asian american male yeah but also i realize it's kind of my way of being a, a person that being part of the change that i want to see in society Good. You know i mean like being yeah. somebody that's uh, like it's funny because you know when we <laughs> we did the first interview and you guys uh what was it where you're like uh was it about making a character that hooks up with the black chick or like I forgot what you guys said, but it was like I wrote down the notes: "Smash all pussy." Oh yeah, and, <laughs> black girl something, and uh, and uh, and I think like a couple, like a month after that, I was dating a black girl. You know? Oh, that's hilarious! Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I thought about you guys. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is funny, and uh, and I learned a lot about that from about uh, social dynamics, like the way people looked at us. Yeah, like everybody is looking at us, giving us crazy eyes from you know. It was definitely awkward, like, walking down the street and seeing, like, walking by black guys because, yeah. you know, they're looking at, like, what the fuck? And then, and there's the kind of the judgment of her, yeah. in a way, you know what I mean? And then, vice versa, me walking into, like, an Asian restaurant with her and, um, like, I remember the first time I went to this Thai restaurant and, uh, uh, like, they didn't seat us right away. And, <laughs> like, serious? no, it was, like, really weird, like, yeah. and it was, like, uh. They didn't bring us water. I had to ask for it. And, like, they didn't bring us the menu. They took hella long to take our order. And I was sitting there like, what the fuck? I'm like, the only reason why I'm noticing this is because I never experienced this before. And then I was like, okay, so this is why, as a black person, I could see why I would be really sensitive to the way society is treating me. Because now I'm actually seeing the difference on how I'm being treated just because I'm sitting across from a black girl. Like, I never had to wait that long for a menu to come to me. And I didn't realize it was an issue until it happened, you know what I mean? So that shit opened my eyes, dude. Yeah, I think, uh, (laughs) so my girlfriend is uh, is white. Yeah. And it's funny because she doesn't, she never noticed before when people would look at us. But I I noticed it's usually right. uh, black women that that would look, right, look at us yeah, kind of weird, you know. That, yeah. Just like I don't give a fuck. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, but when we went to Louisiana, like uh-huh. she totally noticed, yeah. and I was just like, let them say something. Yeah. But none of them said like they just gave us fucked up looks. And right. I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. We're fucking tonight. How about that? Yeah. So yeah, I, just, I, I don't care, man. So but yeah, yeah it, it definitely is true. Some for some reason people have problems with uh, you know interracial relationships. Like it has nothing to do with you. You know no, what I mean? But yeah. If you're happy with your own, I think it's most most people that are not happy with their own life. Yeah. Why Why else would you would that right. affect you? you know That's what I mean? true. It's just going against their ignorant ideas of like what the social construct is. Yeah. You know, like yeah. what even like I I still remember the first day I went on with this girl. Like we uh, we went to a bar, went had some drinks, and then at, at the end of the night we're like making out. You know, and then we walked down the stairs and there's this, like this old Chinese lady at the bottom of the stairs and she had been watching us and she gave me the dirtiest look like I was like this like race traitor or something, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm not Chinese anyways but you know she gave me that look like motherfucker like who the fuck and uh, I was like if you're a dude I would punch you right now. Yeah. <laughs> but I was kind of proud too because I was kind of like fuck you you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I'm just gonna uh 
throw it out there. So, so anyways, um, that's pretty much that on the Asian masculinity thing. All right, we had a couple questions. Yeah. Um, so what's your take on Fresh Off the Boat and Into the Badlands? Is it helpful for Asian Americans or harmful? Have you seen both of those? I've never seen either of those. Oh, really? <laughs> so I love Into the Badlands. I haven't watched I, I watched uh, one episode of Into the Badlands. I liked it. Uh, Fresh Off the Boat. Okay, this will just be very brief since I haven't watched Fresh Off the Boat. I would say uh, it's good and bad. It's good because it's a major network show that's doing well featuring Asian people. So I know that Asians, my peers in the Asian American like media, especially film community, they're very, very happy about it. It's uh, it, it will open the doors for more Asian-centric uh, shows. Um, and then the slight bad is that it also does seem to maybe reinforce some stereotypes a little bit because the parents have these terrible fob accents. And you know what? I know that it's a historical show, so they are supposed to have accents. Yeah. I think if you just literally came off of a boat to America, you're going to have an accent. (laughs) have an accent. So, so I think that's okay. Um, my only thing is I've, I've watched a little tiny snippet and their accents are so bad. They're like... Not no, even like fake. Yeah, I mean, maybe most people can't tell, but they're not actually real fob accents. They're like Asian Americans who can't do a fob accent doing a fob accent. <laughs> That's hilarious. Which is funny, but but I think overall it's positive, so I'm I'm gonna give that a thumbs up. Into the Badlands, I think, is a thumbs up because uh, the dude's kicking ass and taking names, and yeah. it's pretty cool. And he's fucking a black chick. And he, oh, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So they wow, they went really all out on that one, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think it's helpful. Yeah, I'm going to go with helpful. All right, cool. I have no criticism. So for the for all that are listening, if you've never heard of Keith Ape, check him out. Um, mm-hmm. Keith Ape is a Korean uh, rap artist. and yeah. From Korea. Yeah. Not Korean American. And so we got introduced to them from doing uh, reaction, reaction videos. videos. Yeah. And so <laughs> do you think his music and other Korean hip-hop artists reflect positively on race relations between Koreans and Americans? And we were talking about this earlier. Yeah. So what do you... Um, okay, yeah, so this is a, this is a much more interesting uh, conversation. Uh, so Keith Ape, I think he's definitely, I think it's definitely, for me, overall positive or more positive than not because he's uh, uh, been collaborating with, you know, American artists. Uh, American artists respect him, you yeah. know, uh, and, uh, and his music's actually, you know, good in in that genre at least and uh yeah, it's korean tra- it's trap music, trap music yeah. so if you don't like trap but uh and uh and it's also expanding hip-hop into asia because he's popular but i think the bad side is that uh he's the n-word which is like yes. <laughs> which i'll let you go off on in a second but which is uh i think shows his um ignorance a little bit because i look at like let's say eminem who crashed through the gates but he never used the n-word in his popular music yeah yeah uh, which i think is the right way to do it because he even though he's like probably one of the best rappers alive he still doesn't give himself permission to just use that word you know yeah i don't Uh, i don't think anybody should use the word especially (laughs) personally so and then but then for korean hip-hop hip-hop artists in general one thing i have heard and seen is that they don't Aside from Keith Ape, I think other artists don't actually have enough respect for uh, the American artists and, and where they're they're pulling, appropriating this this music from. They're just kind of taking the music, taking the beats, taking the rap style, doing it their way. But but Koreans, I mean, 
I'm just gonna be honest, like in Korea, they're very racist. Like black people historically had the worst time in Korea, you know, like any like a uh, half black kid that came from like, let's say the military or something like that in mm-hmm. Korea, straight to the orphanage. Like they're, wow. yeah, like they have the worst, worst time there. Even now, I'm sure it's very difficult for them. So actually, you know, what's funny is that, well, it's not funny, but yeah. um, there's a, well, they're not Korean, but there's a, a group called Coco Avenue mm. and there are two uh, black women mm. that do Korean rap music. Oh really? Yeah, we're we're trying to get them on the podcast. So hopefully oh, they will because we did a reaction video. I and it check was, that uh, out. Yeah, yeah, they they seem pretty cool and they speak Korean. So yeah. I was just like, did you get? Well, I wanted to know if they grew up there or how yeah. how did it work out? Because there's no way that normally if you're in America that you're gonna just learn Korean. No, you know what I mean. It's just they gotta really want to or be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen a growing interest in a lot of um, cultures in Korean music and shows. It's just I don't, I don't know if they realize that there's not quite as much. Uh, in my mind, there's not quite enough respect going the other way. Yeah, the, I mean, there's only, yeah. what is it? Keith Abe, he does collaborations with people in America, and so does mm-hmm. our Rap Monster, who's also really good. Yeah. Um, I like him. Um, I think Rap Monster more than Keith Abe kind of respects the uh-huh. rap game more. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I never heard him use the N-word or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like his stuff is a little more cleaner yeah. than uh, than Keith Abe. That's not to really knock Keith Abe. I mean, I still love his shit, but right. I mean, he, he does drop the N-bomb like, too much yeah i'm just like dude are you fucking serious <laughs> so why, why don't you sound off on that what for the people who are listening who might not really know why wh- why is it not actually cool to to be dropping that yeah so especially if you're not black yeah I, for me i have a problem with anybody especially even black people yeah. like dropping the n-bomb because it was something that was used to, to ridicule us to basically mm. people would say it in like really bad ways and we would die mm. over mm. shit like that you know what I mean right. I think a lot of people kind of forgot about that shit we were getting hung getting called a nigger mm. and people were just like well it was a long time ago fuck it I can say it now they mm. say they try to take the word back but you don't take the word back because it's something you mentioned earlier mm. which I totally agree with is that if somebody white still calls you a nigger you're gonna fucking get pissed <laughs> So if you took the power back, it didn't fucking work. Right. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you wouldn't be pissed. Yeah. And they wouldn't be able to use it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I just don't understand why there's still so much prevalence on the word. I, I It should just be dropped. Like, every other ethnicity ha- that has had a word like that being used against them, right. the word has, it, it's been banished. Like, I can't call yeah. a Jewish guy a kike no. in any fucking instance. I can't call no. you a chink in no. any instance. You're not Chinese anyway, but... But even if you... That's yeah, the common word still, for Asians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I can't call you that. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? And, it, yeah. and, like, that would never, ever come to anybody's mind to call somebody that, yeah. except for in that super racist fucking term. Right. But for some reason, the N-word just... Uh, People seem to want to accept it, especially in rap music. And I'm, I don't think it's helpful to um, young African-Americans. I don't think yeah. it's helpful to really anybody. Yeah. Um, and I, I really want to sit down with somebody and really understand the reason why why they use it mm. and have a real long conversation because I, I don't get it mm. on why they use it. I remember the, when the first time I was listening to Keith Ape, because niga means something in Korean. Do you know, you know what it means in Korean? No. Okay, it means something. Yeah. Um, but that's like a it's a legit word in Korean. So I remember the first time we were watching some of the, some other videos, I was like, let's see, and then, <laughs> and then somebody somebody wrote down in the uh, in a, in the comments, I was like, oh no no no, it's knee guides means something else. I was like, yeah. oh okay, that's fine. I thought it was the same thing with Keith Ape, but I was like, no no, he's definitely he's dropping de- the ball. <laughs> he's yeah. definitely dropping the ball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it's like I. Yeah, I remember when I got into hip hop and I'm listening to Tupac. I'm listening to. Uh, you know everything and then i'm 
rap along to Ice Cube or whatever, and it gets to the N word, and I'm like, Ugh! yeah, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> it, you know what? It sounds really fucking weird coming out of my mouth. Yeah, and then, and I was like, I guess I can't say it. You know what I mean? Because it felt weird. You know, like I knew I couldn't say it because if I'm kicking it with a black homie, I wouldn't be able to rap along fully. You know, to yeah. the song in yeah. front of them because it would just, and that's how I knew that there was something wrong with me using the word because it just didn't feel right you know what i mean yeah it was funny because uh <laughs> what do you call it luke cage actually kind of addressed that and, like there's oh, like, really? a scene where this doesn't give anything away yeah, but, yeah, yeah. where like somebody's pointing a gun at him from behind and he calls him he's like hey nigga and, you know turn around or whatever and he's like he turns around and he's like i don't see no nigga here Who you calling a nigga and he was like yeah fucking pissed and i was just like that, that's a proper response that's you know a proper I, mean? I like that. Yeah. that that's that's pretty that's that's a mountain move right there yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, but I, I my perception is that the people who use it, especially the youth, they don't know what, why the fuck they're using it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't think if you ask them that they would have any real intelligent answer why it's okay to use it. Yeah, I actually got embarrassed when I was a kid because I I was I used to use that word. Mm. I remember I I called some uh, I thought well sort of like an acquaintance of mine I, mm. I called him that mm-hmm. he was like what the fuck do you call me and he was just like <laughs> do you even know what that fucking word means yeah. I remember I felt dumb as fuck. I was like, you, you know what? Answer. Yeah, I was like, you're right, man. I have no real reason to call you that. And right. what I just said was fucked up. So right. at the time, obviously, I, didn't, I wasn't as retrospective. But like later on in life, I was just like, dude, I can't be using that fucking word anymore. Right. You know? It's funny because I've always wanted to do stand-up. And uh, I came up with this bit. It's all about the N-word. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like basically talking about the N-word and talking about how like I hate it when... Uh, people who aren't Asian use the N word. <laughs> <laughs> well, the hell, Asian uses that word now. Basically, the punchline is that, like, I'll pause and everybody's like, "What the fuck is this guy talking about Asians?" And then I'm like, "You know the word. Let's just say it right now." Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like using. Using it as an analogy, like, only Asians are ninjas, so yeah. only Asians get to use that word. <laughs> Even if you watch a movie with ninjas in it, you don't get to say it. <laughs> that's a good one, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I think that's uh, <laughs> all I have to say about that. All right. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, he was talk- this is talking about uh, history on uh, colonialism in, well, with uh, Japan. Japan yeah. yeah. So how do Koreans feel today about China and Japan's cultural influence in Asia? Uh, whew, this will be surface level because I don't know how they fully feel in Korea. I think uh, what I've experienced going to Korea, the young Koreans don't really care. There's some that do, but most don't. The old Koreans are still very, there's a lot that are very anti-Japanese, like won't buy Japanese products, stuff like that. Cause, wow. Well, because like their parents got raped by them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like not very, very far removed. Um, yeah. And then uh, China, I feel like... China has a lot of money, so the capitalism drive overrides any... I don't think China really fucks with Korea, actually. They haven't invaded Korea for, like, thousands and thousands of years, so... Mm. Uh, or something like that. But, uh, so I feel like, overall, Koreans are okay. I think it's actually the opposite, is that I've experienced a lot of anger from uh, Japan, especially, and then some from... Maybe not anger from China, but they're, like... Koreans are exporting their culture like hardcore, you know, it's a government thing. So, you know, I remember there was a movement from Japan like to stop allowing Korean dramas to play in Japan because <laughs> so many Japanese people were like loving Koreans and yeah. and even like for me like going to Hong Kong and stuff like everybody loves Koreans like they uh 
when I would meet girls, like if I tell them I'm Korean, that's like extra bonus points. Panty dropper, all right. Yeah, for real. So <laughs> it was crazy. So I, I, I think it's kind of the opposite way. Um, yeah. So let's skip. You haven't watched Atlanta yet, right? I watched the first episode, but we could skip that. Yeah, I haven't watched that either. Well, I haven't watched any of them. And I'm so. not sure how Korean American would relate to it, anyways, because it's a very. Well, I know there's Spanish an episode show. where they're playing Keith Ape in the background. Oh, really? Oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah, that's, uh, that's why I wanted to watch it. I was like, oh, Keith Ape's in it? Fuck it, I'm going to yeah, watch it. I got to check that then. All right, so this is a question that actually. It's funny because this I'm actually connected to this question. Okay. Like, <laughs> Star, uh, StarCraft. Yeah. It's like, uh, I know it's a great game, but what makes it a cultural phenomenon in Korea? First of all, have you played StarCraft? Of course. All right. Yeah, I, was huge. I was big on Warcraft, StarCraft, Diablo, all that stuff. Awesome. So, yeah, what, yeah. so what are your thoughts on the game? Why, why did it blow up in Korea so much? You know what? I don't know. That's a good question. It definitely blew up because they, when they launched the newest StarCraft, they launched it in Korea. That's yeah. how big it was in Korea. Um, it's a national sport, really. It is. It's a, yeah, you're right. It's a fucking national sport. I think it might have to do with the fact that um, around the time that StarCraft came out, uh, or became popular, Korea became like the most wired country in, in the planet. Yeah. So um, it's a combination of the fact that, oh, and also there's so many PC rooms that opened up. Yeah, so internet cafes. It became, yeah. Internet cafes. It became a huge cultural thing where most people spent their time in the cafe and then StarCraft was the most popular game. And I think that they just became so connected to it and hyper-competitive that they, they really like turned it to another level of like... Uh, cl- click rates and all that stuff, all that crazy shit. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's they, they to me, the Koreans took the fun out of StarCraft. Really? In a way, well, because yeah, they got so fucking when good. it got, pro- yeah, they got <laughs> yeah. so good. I'm like, dude, I, I tried to play the new one and I got destroyed like a child. Like, I'm yeah. like, there's no way I can compete because they're like breaking it down to the most like almost scientific level of what they're supposed to do. You know? Yeah. <laughs> This question is actually kind of funny because yeah. I, was, I was actually ranked at StarCraft. I was 15th in the world at really? one point. Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. I was really fucked. Oh, I could have wrote a book. Legit. Yeah. So damn. It, it was right around the same time where you know Korean was our Korean started playing the game. Yeah. So, um, but then I had to join the Marine Corps, so I kind of stopped uh, playing. Yeah. But it, it got to a point to where I was so good, you could have a fucking timer, and I could tell you exactly when I have units right, out. Right. Right. I was so fucking good. Um, but yeah, the game. I think just in general, just the way that it's done. Yeah. I think it was fun. It's like it's basically like a chess game, really. Yeah. Just like yeah. way more com- well, not way more complex, but it's very complex. Very complex. Yeah. It seems easy to pick up, but it's not. No. Like it's easy to pick up, but like once you start getting competitive, yeah. it's fucking hard. Yeah, I think there's a there's an amateur fun level which is great, and then it's if you try and step in that realm of anywhere near professional com- competition or even pro am, it's like it's a whole nother. So when you stop, did you try and jump back in eventually? Uh, it was a while because, uh, you know, when I joined the Marine Corps, everything was about the Marine Corps for right, a long time. But when I came back to it, I was still good, but I wasn't at that level. I didn't have time to put in to get but better But did you again. feel like the other people had kind of reached a new level of, like, tactics and stuff? Uh, or was it more like just you just needed more time to invest? Yeah, I just needed time to yeah. invest in, in, and really uh, come up with different tactics. So, we, so me and a friend of mine, his name was uh, Hunter Lee Marshall. I doubt mm-hmm. he'll listen to this episode, but... Mm-hmm. He's a cool ass dude. When I was a kid, and me and him, we just we would sit down for hours, dude, playing this fucking game. Yeah, and like literally, we came up with strategies before anybody else did. Like mm. the the whole support, 
support depot defense like we yeah. invented like we came up with that really and then that's the Zer- the zergling rushes we yeah. figured that shit out before like anybody yeah um, we figured that's out a whole funny. lot of shit like we got like, another thing that we fucking figured out this, sorry I'm gonna geek out for a second yeah that's here. cool <laughs> but like <laughs> this is a geek podcast overall we had we had a problem because we used to we, we were good with all the races right yeah but then the zerg there was a problem with we couldn't get units out fast enough yeah and so our solution was we would get as many of like the probe guys as possible, I think the drones as possible yeah. in the very beginning. So I think you could get uh, eight at the very beginning, right? Uh-huh. You could have eight without an overlord. Yeah. And so uh, we would build eight, and then as soon as we built the eighth one, we would take the eighth one and then turn him into a, like an extractor. Uh-huh. And so when you do that, it, it minuses one from your inventory, right? For so the you, yeah. <laughs> so then I would build another drone and then cancel the building, and uh-huh. then I'd get another drone back. So I'd have just one more extra unit. <laughs> And literally, that was that was like make or break Make moment. a difference, yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. funny. It was fucking crazy, man. Zerg is a tough race to dominate with. They they uh, yeah they, they require a little bit more um, strategy. I feel like. Well, yeah. Well, you have to get really good at unit management, right? right? If you if you're bad at unit management, you're just gonna get fucked up, right? So yeah, I remember I would get destroyed with Zerg because uh, I just wouldn't manage the units, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was very hard. Because they don't survive individually as long as no, definitely not. You have to know, you have like, to build it as a group. I used Hydralis a lot, and yeah. I used them in like almost terroristic fashion. Yeah. Like I would literally like take overlords and fill them full of um, yeah. Hydralis, and yeah. then what I would do first is I would send uh, Zerglings to like the front of the base, and then as they're trying to defend the front of the base, I would take the hy- the Hydralis that were in the overlords and bring them around to the resources. And that's all I wanted was to stop resources, drop in the middle of the resources, kill all their drones, and then just leave. And then that would make them behind by at least 10 minutes, right? And then from there, I'd keep building and then just overrun them eventually, so. <laughs> that's funny. So we, we can change subject. I can yeah, talk about StarCraft cool. forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're making me want to play it again. Yeah, I, I have the second ones. I have, like, all of them. Oh, really? So the special editions, too, so. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, let's see. How do you feel when uh, Americans confuse um, you with another nationality, such as Chinese or Japanese? Can anything be done to stop that confusion? Uh, I guess I used to take it personally, but then I realized, like, I can't tell other people apart either. Like, if people are coming from Europe and I know yes. they're European, that's that doesn't mean say. I know if they're, like, Dutch or Swedish or yeah. whatever. I've mistaken Australian accents for British sometimes. I do that shit all the time. So, yeah. when, when that happened, I was like, yeah, that's, it's kind of a pass. I feel like a... But but going to Morocco, I did experience like everybody, you know, like you know they going up to you and they're like ni hao or <laughs> ni hao, yeah. And I'm like, Yo, <laughs> I'm Korean, and yeah. they're like, what's Korean? And uh, uh, so I think I don't get offended. I think it's stupid to get offended, but I do think that uh, if you can, you can correct them and you could have a conversation to teach them or um, or just whatever. I, I think I don't think anything can be done to stop it because I can't expect an average American to look at any Asian and really be able to tell us apart. Yeah. Cause even for me, sometimes I'll get confused. I could, I mean, obviously I could be pretty good, but sometimes I'll confuse a Chinese with a Korean or a Japanese for somebody and not too much, but, or maybe like a Chinese for a Vietnamese but overall. I'm like 99% good. Cause I'm raising the Bay, but yeah, I don't get offended. I'm just like, whatever. Well, that's good. Yeah. It's just, I, I do think though that if you have the time, it, it that's the part that goes to being more assertive and not being passive and 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 helping to build a stronger identity is take the time to explain to them like, hey, I'm not Chinese, 
Um, but I like Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I think it's really what makes it kind of more difficult is yeah. that usually in different cultures we dress differently. But if you're in America, it's we all, almost all dress the same. Know. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's kind of weird. We even have the same fucking haircuts and shit. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I don't think it's a big deal. It's not something to to get your panties up in a bunch. But again, if you want to move the needle, then just just say something. You know? Yeah. Help help yeah. Help, uh, help them understand. Yeah, but there, I think there are some instances though where people are kind of like fucked up about it. You know what I mean? I think in that oh, for instance, sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, when there's if it's a ra- if it's in a racist way, you gotta say something. Yeah, unless they have a gun in their hand while they're saying it, <laughs> <laughs> then you can die with some dignity. I'm just yeah. kidding. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Just fucking get in your car and run them over. All right, <laughs> you uh, you discussed black people using the term brother. Yeah. Uh, does that? I'm sorry. Does fam have the same meaning in your opinion? Not in my opinion. Should it? Uh, not really. I mean, they're... I've heard so many people use the word "fam." I don't know if that's uh, yeah. as black centric as. I mean, it probably came came from black people. I'm guessing, but I'm just saying. To me, brother was more of a question because it seems so personal. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That it was like, oh, can I use that word? Uh, fam. I don't know. Fam seems more casual. What do you? What do you? What's your take on that? Fam does seem more casual to me, but it still mm-hmm. means that you're at a higher level of relationship. That is you know true. I mean? so. Yeah, I wouldn't just call anybody fam. I don't actually use that word too much, but uh, when I people have called me that, I feel good about it. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. This episode is a lot more Asian centric. It is. It's all good. That's though. cool, though. Yeah, we're just going back and forth. Well, we got a whole bunch of questions, so yeah, this yeah, is yeah. good. Um, I think this is going to be the last one that we have from Sh- other people. Sure. Um, do Koreans in general admire anime or see it as just another? I'm sorry, see it as just Japan's cultural influence. <laughs> uh, I think Koreans like anime. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm trying to think. Actually, the times I've been to Korea, maybe not as much as here. I don't know. That I'm gonna have to put that. I'm sorry, I can't answer that one fully because I don't, I don't actually know the answer. You know what's funny is that a lot of uh, animation that we have in America is actually drawn in Korea. I that didn't know that true. until uh, Samurai like the Jack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Samurai Jack was the first uh, TV show that actually gave credit to Korea. Really? Yeah, because so Samurai Jack. I don't, you ever watch that show? Yeah. So Sam, one of the things that was cool about that show is that there was no outlines on the people. Yes. So that was really hard to do. And yeah. so for Genny Tarkovsky to, to kind of give love back to Korea, mm. he actually wrote all the names down of the Korean animators at the oh, end of the I didn't show. Know that. And nobody else really does that. They, yeah. they might say like the studio that it came from, right. but they don't specify it's just names. just like a nameless fucking workforce. Yeah, that's yeah. Funny. That's just got to be hard, especially with Samurai Jack, because there was also almost every single episode, there was different backgrounds, mm, right? Plus true. the no yeah. outlines. Yeah. And it's coming back this year. I got to watch more of that. I only watched it when I was like high at my friend's house oh really stuff like that i was really into the other one samurai shampoo oh champloo yeah shampoo. Yeah. yeah that was with uh shinshiro watanabe was the director yeah so he did that um which is a great one the reason why i like that one was because they mixed it with hip-hop right so it's like feudal japan that. and hip-hop oh, so yeah. cool yeah but he also did cowboy bebop uh right. Chico and hachin and, and right. something else as well yeah he's yeah. legit yeah yeah <laughs> So if you can't tell, I was actually I started the anime club when I was in high school. So that's why I know so much about that's anime. Funny. Yeah. So uh, these were your questions for Asians. Yes. Cool. Yes. You have any questions for the blacks? Oh man. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I have one question that I thought of uh, during the week, and it's it's a fucked up question, but I'm gonna ask it because that's what happens when you have these conversations. Um, so for all the black people out there. 
do not find me and kill me. Um, or you, you can if you want, but I have a no, shotgun. No, don't kill him. This guy's cool as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a question that I've I've heard, and the reason why I'm asking is I've heard multiple times in my life from multiple ethnicities asking this question, and I do feel like it's a general confusion. Um, and and before I ask this, I will say that I thought about it, and I believe it's more of a, a social class thing um, because I, I've known non-black people to do this too. Uh, but the question is, why do black people or some black people seem to walk slowly across the street when you are stopped in your car <laughs> like extra slow like it'll be this like uh, it'll be like an extra slow stroll with sometimes a side eye yeah like are you going to say something kind of kind of look yep <laughs> yeah so uh in my opinion i think uh i think it's taking a little bit of power back cuz they know in that moment you can't do fucking shit you can't go forward or else you're going to hit them. You can't go backwards because uh, you can't go you backwards. Can't backwards. So they know you just got to sit there and fucking wait. That's why sometimes they give you the side out to make sure they want to see if you're fucking pissed or not. They want to let you know that they're doing it to that you. They, yeah, okay. Yeah, that, so it wasn't the imagination of the people asking these questions. No, no. It, it happens and you're right. It happens with a lot of people that are generally poor. And That's I think what I, I was saying. I don't think it's a black thing. I think yeah. it's actually a, a poor thing. I grew up knowing ghetto kids that were asian and white and they all did the same shit yeah it's just that that power that little bit of power yeah in a couple of seconds just to let you know i'm i'm, I'm fucking up your day for a couple of seconds you know <laughs> okay that's a that's a very valid answer that makes a lot of sense to me because i've heard different theories like they're trying to collect the insurance oh <laughs> no no well, unless you like actually hit them then it's like damn really yeah that ain't worth it <laughs> but i'm just saying it's definitely something i don't know if people are still asking that question or not but that was probably more from my my youth, I heard people talking about that. I fucking hate that shit, though. People do it to yeah. me. All, I'm just like, dude, what the fuck? Like, yeah. when I go through a crosswalk, I'm like, you know, I'm walking at a normal pace. Right. Or I speed up. Like right. If a car's coming, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I don't, it's like, what the fuck? It's a natural reaction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but some people are just like, fuck you. I'm just going to keep walking slow. That's Or funny. walk slower. I see some people slow the fuck down. Yeah. And I'm just like. That's when you know they're doing it on purpose. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I, I, you know what? I do it when I'm walking with a girl. Because sometimes I'll see people speeding too much, and I'll slow down so that they know they need to fucking stop for us. Like, yeah. if you hit us, I'm going to fucking be pissed. You know? Yeah, yeah. But it's a little different, I guess. That's a little bit of chivalry right there, huh? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, Do you walk on the... Are you one of the kind of guys that walk on I the... I do. Walk you on do? the car side. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a natural thing. I mean, you know. Or, like, I also learned a long time ago, like, uh, when you're going downstairs, you want to always be at the bottom. So that if the girl falls, they could fall on you. Or if you're going upstairs, you want to be on the bottom still because if they fall backwards, you could catch them. Huh. I didn't know that until I... I didn't know that either. Yeah. So but ever since I learned that, I try to do it unless I, I hate the bitch. Everybody I know <laughs> has pretty good balance. So. <laughs> 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 I, I, I never funny. thought about people falling down the stairs before. That's a good point, though. I'm yeah, just like, <laughs> I never thought about it either. Uh, that's cool, man. Anything else? Um, that was a good episode. Yeah, yeah. I think that we got through a, a lot of stuff here. So yeah, when you, you want to do the next one in November or yeah. sooner, or it's up to you. Um, I have a pretty open schedule, so if you want to try and go start trying doing um, twice a month kind of deal. Okay, let's uh, shoot. Yeah. For, hold on, we're doing like scheduling on the actual podcast, mm-hmm. but I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so the twenty. Oh, nope, I'll be leaving. Actually, I can do the twentieth, but it's gonna have to be early in the day because I'm uh, I'm gonna leave for that Spartan race later on in the day. Um, all right, let's do it. Yeah, all right. Uh, we'll work on the logistics later. 
All right, cool. So, cool. Ep- go ahead. No, I was just gonna say another successful episode of Black and Yellow. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> All right, we're All out right. of here. Peace.